Hi, and welcome to episode 17 of the PTM podcast powered by Racket Sports U. I'm your host, Chris Michalowski, a PTMer known as Coach Mick, broadcasting right here from warm and sunny Orlando, Florida. All right, so let's rewind this and try it again. Hi, and welcome to episode 17 of the PTM podcast powered by Racket Sports U. I'm your host, Chris Michalowski, a PTMer known as Coach Mick, broadcasting right here from warm and sunny Orlando, Florida. All right, so which one would you rather listen to? Well, hopefully you pick the second one, but if you're not sure, let me tell you a quick story first. It's story time with Coach Mick. All right, so back when I was 19, I was teaching at a tennis camp in Hillsdale, Michigan called the Irish Hills Tennis Camp, and it was a, a lot of fun. It was a great tennis camp, and junior week, it was a week long, but during that week, every junior player got a private lesson, so we had to fit him in somewhere. And this one girl who was part of the camp was deaf and she was taking the private lesson with me. And I was like, Oh great. I don't even know sign language. I was a stutter. I could barely talk, let alone give sign language. So anyway, I was giving her the lesson and I said, I'm sorry, but I don't know sign language. And she said, I can read your lips. I'm like, you can read my lips. That's incredible. I said, so where do you need me to stand? And she goes, well, you can just stand on the other side of the net. So I did. I stood on the other side of the net. I fed her balls. It was a great lesson. And when the lesson was over, uh, she came up to me and she said, you know what? You mumble a lot. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I started laughing because she hit the nail on the head and uh, she couldn't even hear me because she could see my lips going, hey, on that forehand, you want to make sure you hit the ball early. And so it was just a funny moment in my teaching career. And I was actually looking for a an episode I could tell that story because it was one of the first stories I thought about because it was just so true. And to this day, it's still true, but I'm not as bad of a stutter anymore. But that's a great thing about editing software. You can take a few of those out. So this story, though, leads us into today's quick tip. And now today's quick tip on the PTM podcast. All right. So today's quick tip is learn some basic verbal communication skills. And these skills will actually attract players as much as your teaching skills will sometimes. You know, I've witnessed this over and over with pros and my staff. So there's two types of communication. There's nonverbal and verbal. Nonverbal communication, which we're not going to go over today, includes like gestures, facial expressions, body movement, timing, you know, all those things. Verbal communication includes sounds, words, tone of voice, volume, and the pitch, like we did at the beginning of the podcast here, there are all ways to effectively communicate verbally. So in a lesson, it might be things like saying students' names, inflection, that's the up and down, talking the right amount during the lesson. So let's say saying students' names, especially on the first day, can be the most important because nobody likes, hey, you in the red shirt, come on over here. You know, when I was a USPTA tester, it was important to use the students' names six times during the test. And you couldn't go like, Tim, 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 Tim. I think there was seven. But anyway, that wouldn't work. You had to do it genuinely. And this may be tough to remember names because some people aren't great at it. But come up with a good system. And this will definitely help. And it's probably the most important. Inflection was also on the test. And this is where, like we said earlier, your voice goes up and down. And there's lots of opportunities to work on this. So with a little practice, you should be pretty good to go. So let's start with this example. Tell me who is teaching the better lesson. All right, on your forehand, you want to make sure you load up on your right foot. Take the racket back with a unit turn with both hands. Don't go past the 6 o'clock position. Make sure you drop the racket, pet the dog, whatever Rick says. Drive through the hitting zone and finish with the racket over the left shoulder. 
All right. Now, the second pro sounds something like this. Okay, Phil, let's hit that forehand. Okay, there's ball number one. Keep moving those feet. Okay, there's ball number two. Okay, Tom, here's ball number one. Whoa, that forehand is like Kessler whiskey. That's smooth as silk. Okay, Sue, here's ball number one. Okay, here's ball number two. Whoa, did you work at Allstate? You got some great hands. Where have you been this whole time? Get out. All right, so uh, who taught the better lesson? Well, actually, pro number one taught the better lesson because he actually taught you something. Pro number two is just using a lot of encouraging words, but if you are in comfortable teaching, this is sure gonna help. Let's say you're a new player and you're a bit nervous and you had to pick between the two coaches. Who would you take the lesson from? Most, I'm pretty sure, would say uh, number two. But even though number two might seem a bit over the top, I can guarantee you that this person will have a pretty full schedule. I mean, I've seen it over and over and over. How we speak is important, and you can even break it down to the group you're teaching. So if you're teaching some eight-year-olds, the Allstate and Kessler whiskey comments will probably mean absolutely nothing. So you have to speak their language for sure, whatever that might be. So how about when or how often do you talk to your students? And this might tie in with your coaching style like we talked about in episode 14, but let's say you're a command coach. All right, it probably means you'll be doing a lot of talking while you have the group all together. And when they're out there hitting on court, you're probably gonna bark a lot of words at them while they're out there on court because you're that command style coach. All right, if you're a submissive style coach, you might be a bit less talkative and let the group run the practice more on their own terms, kind of like those NBA coaches we see a lot during game time. Now, as a cooperative style coach, there might be a little bit of both, more talking during what we call like the huddle, but then less during the hitting, except for things like, hey, why do you think you won or lost that point? Because this lets the student give the input. So when I looked up effective verbal communication skills online, these popped up and I tried to connect them to teaching. So number one is just be friendly. People who communicate with a friendly tone, a warm smile, almost have the edge. And the reason is simple because we're subconsciously drawn to people who are friendly because they make us feel good. Say hi to each person before the lesson starts and even throw in something from like a past conversation like, hey, Helen, how was the movie last weekend? But just make sure during a lesson, you don't talk too much. People like you to be concise as well, but a, a quick story here, I had this pro at our club who was a really good pro, but he did talk a ton. Uh, one day he asked us if he could uh, open up our high performance class because he was really good with footwork and had a lot of good things to offer. And so we said, sure, and I started the watch. And he talked for 32 minutes before he got everybody out there. All right. And it was great stuff, but you got to keep it short. Get him out there. Don't talk too much. Number three is just be your authentic self. And today, more than ever, people are definitely they're turned off by those people who feel the need to put on a show while they're out there or to make their point. Instead, they're more attracted to someone who speaks from the heart, who is genuine. And online, they always say it's so important to be transparent. So when I told you I stuttered, that might be an example of being transparent. All right. Practice humility. So humility is having a modest view of yourself. And it's one of the most attractive traits one can possess. And it's one of the most significant predictors of someone who's respected. And people who speak with humility and genuine respect for others are almost always held in high regard. So humility means don't always put yourself at the top and put everybody underneath you. And then speak with confidence. Now, even though you're speaking with humility, you don't have to sacrifice self-confidence. And confidence is just arises from an appreciation of your own abilities, whereas humility is having a modest opinion of your own importance. So speaking with confidence includes things like the words you choose, the tone of your voice, your eye contact, and body language. So both verbal and nonverbal communication skills, like we said earlier. And lastly, Learn the art of listening. This was huge for me. Being an attentive listener or a good listener is more important in verbal communication than any words that can come out of your mouth. And you must show a sincere interest in what's being said, ask good questions, 
listen for the message within the message and avoid interrupting. And I know as a listener, reiterating is huge. So repeating back what someone says, now it makes them feel like you heard them and there's worth to what they had to say. And someone told me once, as a matter of fact, that I was a terrible listener. So I said, okay, I'll see if I am. So I wanted to see for myself and I read a book called The Art of Listening, but I took this test at the beginning of the book and the scores went something like this. If, if you were 90 to 100, you had excellent skills. If you had 80 to 90, it was average skills. If it was 60 to 80, you need some work. 40 to 60 was start working hard on your skills. And below 40 was need professional help. Something to that effect anyway. And I think I got a 37. So I read the book and then I got to work. And it was definitely noticeable that my listening was better because my lessons even appreciated it. All right. So bottom line is having good verbal communication skills is important and can make up for some of the areas you're lacking for sure. But just make sure to keep practicing in those other areas as well because they definitely are important. Well, that wraps it up for episode 17 of the PTM podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, start working on your verbal skills, even if it's with a good friend or a roommate. Well, are you interested in a career in tennis or know someone who is? Or maybe you want to start a PTM program in your own area. Either way, go to ptmprograms.com and RSU will get you started. And don't forget, there's a huge need for quality coaches and RSU wants to meet you right where you're at and help you reach your destination in the racket sports industry. And as always, if you know someone who may benefit from the podcast, please share it with them and thank you in advance for your support. Well, I'm Coach Mick and I want to thank you for listening and I hope you'll join me again for the next episode of the PTM Podcast.